0: hello everyone welcome to our thursday night special edition of uj sports live with coach jim donnan my name is Bolsey. i'm joined by dane young and of course the hall of Famer himself the georgia bulldogs former head coach jim donnan who is uh uh, the star of the show, the reason you were all tuning in on a Thursday evening. A shout out to everyone who is watching a replay of this later or who is listening to this as a podcast in their car or in the gym. We appreciate all the people that can't join us live but do uh, tune into the show later on. We appreciate you as well, even if Dane says bad things about you. So a uh, lot going on. The reason we move the show to Thursday, normally we like to do it at noon. You know, We have our Tuesday crew that join us uh, every Tuesday uh, for lunch. Well, this past Tuesday at noon, Kirby Smart was talking. We had Kirby Smart actually kicking off spring practice, and we spoke to some players after Kirby. Uh, then we had the uh, uh, pro day yesterday. Well, a lot of the Georgia guys, you know, trying to get drafted, busting their tails out in the uh, indoor practice facility. And then today, miracle of miracles, we got to actually go watch part of practice. That wasn't a great deal of time. It's like 16 minutes, but I mean, it's fun to see stuff like that. I can tell you right now, Raylan Wilson is a damn man. So I'm just very impressed at some of those uh, defensive guys they brought in and uh, Samuel and Pimba and uh, uh, Gabe Harris. Woo. Fun, fun stuff to talk about. That's uh, why we moved the show to Thursday. So we appreciate all you doing that. Uh, before we get into some of the clips that Dane has put together, Coach, uh, let will go right off the bat and get your thoughts on pro day. Let's kind of talk about some of the guys who are on their way out, you know, guys who are going to move on to the NFL. And then we'll talk about the guys who are here for spring practice. So let's kind of, let's give the seniority to the guys that uh, uh, kind of basically made a thrown and caught their last ball inside uh, George's practice facility yesterday.
1: Yeah, there was a lot uh, of uh, movement there when they had the combine. Most of the guys did most of their testing level uh, then. And, uh, yesterday was just mostly drill work and letting the, the scouts see them do their uh, football-specific stuff. Uh, you know, like um, uh, they had a really long workout with uh, Stetson Bennett, who, you know, uh, you got guys like Matt Stinchcomb and those offensive linemen. I'm kidding, you know, create you know, grading these quarterbacks, and uh, I think Matt does a great job. But you know, every quarterback's not going to throw every pass perfectly. And, you know, they were saying he was off some. I mean, you know, it's hard to hit every pass. And then he had some different receivers. I mean, he had Matt Landers out there working with him. It's good for Matt to get in there. And um, so I think overall he showed his movement, his ability to to move around in the pocket, uh, threw the ball extremely well to Darnell, who he's used to throwing to, and also uh, uh, some other guys that came out there like Arian Smith and – uh Number one was out there too. He, he did a good job. Uh, his name messing me up here. Uh, Marcus Rosby yeah, Saint. Jack St. Yeah. So uh, then the uh, you know, the biggest deal was the fact that uh, Carter kind of gave out a gas on the drills. looks like he's, you know he's been under a lot of pressure, no question about it. Uh, all the different uh, things have been scrutinized with his life. and uh, fortunately today, there was uh, a lot of good stuff came out about his uh, involvement in the situation particularly the fact that he was released after he was told he could leave after the wreck instead of just you know people saying that he was you know left the scene and all that so but he he definitely didn't look in very good shape he didn't show the quickness that is really one of his greatest traits for a guy his size he's going to have to really reinvigorate himself here and in, in these meetings and all to go as high as he's He's rated. I think he can do that, get get back and do some personal workouts with him because uh, a guy like him is uh, hard to find up front. So uh, Nolan Smith looked incredible doing his, the way he can bend and go around the dummies, just a tremendous athlete. And then, you know, Keely Ringo did some good stuff too with uh, ball skills and uh, doing the, the defensive drills that he went through. But all in all, uh, I would say – the, the guy that just wows everybody, the people that the pro scouts keep talking to me about is Broderick Jones, just the footwork, the technique he's got. Uh, even uh, McClendon looked good moving his feet too, but just uh, he's just, a, he's a first round draft choice. I mean, he just looks good. He's worked hard. I saw him, uh, you know, he, he, he looks like he's trimmed down, but I don't know that he has. And then Warren Erickson looked good too. Uh, Warren's been in a real fitness program and, uh, he can help somebody because he can play center
0: and guard and he's very intelligent. So uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of guys drafted. That's for sure. I was talking to Trey Smith his, uh the agent for Nolan Smith and Broderick Jones and Trey's basically says they're both definitely what Broderick Jones. is. He's a top 20 guy, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's the, that's agent talk. I know that's where you want him to go, but <laughs> when you talk to people who've seen Broderick Jones, they absolutely believe it. I think with Jalen Carter, somebody was telling me that he was having back spasms. So that could you, – if you're uncomfortable, you're not going to do really well out there. But He just looked to me like he's
1: kind of tapped out. I mean, he just yeah. – he started out, you know, and as Kirby mentioned, I thought it was good that he came out to practice on Tuesday and hung around the players and was, uh, you know, back in his in his regular routine as far as being around the Georgia football program and probably was good for his morale, you know, because everybody – been questioned everything about him, but uh, you know when you're talking about this this many dollars and and uh, and the and the way these guys scrutinize it's gonna uh, he he's got to realize that you know get himself in gear here in the next four weeks and he'll uh, people will see what he's all about. And I I'm, I thought he uh, yeah, had a good lawyer. Kim Stevens is an excellent lawyer, ex Georgia player, knows knows the ins and outs of everything. And I think that worked out good for him. And
0: yeah, let, let's, let's uh, recap that for people that didn't read the story today. Uh, he pleaded no contest to his racing and um, uh, what was the other charge? Uh, reckless and reckless driving charges. What basically that means is uh, what we said on this show, people were saying, well, there's a chance that, you know, those misdemeanors, we moved up to felonies and there's all these other charges that come down. And we said here, no, the, investigation is done that's what they charged him with after the investigation was over now they could be looking at some other small things and kirby said i think it's an open investigation the other day but no from the police they did their homework that was it if they could have charged him something else they would have and that's what kim uh, stevens put out in the statement saying look it's done so he's got uh, 80 hours community service and a year of probation stuff like that but that in other words that is no longer an open question for these nfl teams And I think that he'll be able to, I mean, if you just turn on the tape and see what he can do, I'm not worried about it. I thought that uh, Stetson Bennett. It's like a $1,000 fine,
1: uh, one
0: year year probation,
1: and then uh, like 90 hours of uh, public service, and then uh, also taking defensive driving. uh, You got to work, you know, a course in that. So, If he goes
2: to the Texans, does that count as probation? Do what? If he goes to the Houston Texans, does
1: that count as probation? (laughs) That counts as purgatory, man. Houston Texans are going to take a quarterback.
2: All right, well, all right, here's here's my thing. Put on your tinfoil hat, Roddy, because I have a – Coach, you know I'm a GM, but I'm one that doesn't necessarily go by the conventional rules. If I'm the Chicago Bears and I know that I have this trade to go down to number nine and I make this trade, but I still want Jalen Carter – would I not tell Jalen Carter, you you go eat everything you want to, young man, for the next two weeks. You you get a little bit out of shape. We're confident you'll get right back in shape, but we want you there at number nine. I want you at that spot. I want you the whole time, but I want good teammates around
1: you. So let, let's go ahead and put on an act here, young man. Well, i tell you what. If he's got, if, if somebody told him that and his agent told him that, he's a horse shit agent because uh, he wants to go in the top five. I mean, <laughs> you know, he, he's not going to do that and sacrifice a chance to – you go the ninth I mean you know maybe they told him that but I I don't, I, don't, uh, <laughs> I don't think they did but I'm saying I mean, if I was the thing a GM I think it's gonna happen with him as uh, there's gonna still be some trade you know even the Colts are saying excuse me the the panthers are saying that they might trade that number one choice to, uh, to somebody else now uh you, you know there's just there's just gonna be a lot of uh, back and forth there and jockeying here um, but and you know the big question is if you are taking a quarterback, who do you take first, Stroud or uh, Bryce Young? So it's up in the air there. I think Bryce Young's, uh, you know, going to have a big pro day here in like the twenty-first or something, and we'll see how
0: that goes. Yeah, I'm thinking if you're in that top five, the, the the difference between five and or two and three versus nine is almost uh, two million dollars. You need to look that up in the list of all the different uh, prices, but they're, they're insane. So but anyway, uh, I thought Chris Smith had a good day. Good to see Kearis Jackson. It was, he busted his hand. So there's uh, some interesting news there that he actually yeah. got to go out and uh, had his, you know, come back from that surgery and show everybody what yeah, he's do. Good
1: doing. point. I want to point out, I saw Kearis and talked to him a little bit about that and he said, you know, he hated that he was unable to do the drill work, but he said he had some really good interviews and he, he thought that, uh, Part of the his football knowledge really helped him to talking to a lot of teams, and the fact that he could play special teams. And you know, he's realistic and all, not working out. But he said he got a lot of tape, and and uh, but he was very uh, very happy about the way he was able to present himself to so many teams when he went to the combine, even though he wasn't able to do anything because of his hand. I
0: thought that um, uh, Warren McClendon. I may have turned a head or two, as you mentioned before, just showing what he could do. And the guy has been able to be, what is three-year starter? Yeah, three years. Three years in the SEC at the highest level. He's taken on Hutchinson. He's taken on all these guys that everyone points to as, you know, top pass rushers and as few sacks as he's given up. I think them getting to see him in real life uh, made a difference there for him as well. So, anyway. I want to pull out one other thing here
1: because we have a chance to talk to these guys maybe a little more after they're out of here than when they're here and really kind of disclose it on the show. But I had a chance to talk to Chris Smith a little bit and he said the one thing over and over that with everybody that he talked to was how much defensive knowledge he had playing in this system about where to align, how to read routes, what to do. You know, we, we just have a, a intricate system that, Transmits to the pro level, and these guys don't have to train him that much mentally, uh, you know. And the fact that he can cover as a safety, having played star too, uh, special teams. But he said, you know, over and over, when we got on the blackboard or the whiteboard or whatever they use, he said, he
0: said, boy, the training I got here was just invaluable.
1: Yeah.
0: I think also. That same, you can say the same thing about playing our Todd Monkin for Kendall Milton and uh, Darnell Washington. I mean, not Kendall Milton, uh, uh, Kenny McIntosh looked great catching passes. Worked out as a wide receiver. So those guys say, "Look, I, you, you, you can take me as a wide receiver. You can take me as a running back. You know, I've got those skills." And then Darnell Washington say, "Look, I can play in line as another offensive tackle. I can be your uh, your H style uh, tight end. I can be your Y tight end. You name it, I can do it." And I just think when you're – and the fact that they had him – they shorted him a little bit at the NFL Combine saying, you know, yeah, he's like 6'6", six, six, or something like that. He's like, no, I'm a lot taller than that. And it he shorted-
1: He's taller than a guy that's supposed to be 6'6". Six, six. Showed yeah. a picture of him against that guy. Uh, the other thing about Darnell, I'm, I'm, I, you, you bring out these things, an old man here, I remember it. But, you, you know, the, we we have a lot more tape on him blocking than we do catching the ball. They certainly got a lot of tape they can watch in practice and all. But the two days that he worked out the combine and yesterday you could see his just uh, extreme ability to bend and, and use his hands and uh, use his body and uh, and it's very difficult at that kind of leverage and that height to be that nimble but he showed the ability that that a receiver does but he's got that other, other attribute that you just alluded to, Roddy, about his blocking with his wingspan that just gives you another tackle. And uh, I, I just think uh, – I mean, I know it. this guy is, is going to be – maybe mayor will get drafted before him from Notre Dame or the guy from Utah, but uh, I see him as a – he's going early. He just got too much potential. Uh, you know, you look at Gronkowski. Wait, some of those big guys have just dominated football. You look at Kittle and all those guys uh, and Kelsey. I mean, that's that's the type of receiver he can be. He's just a, he's that kind of guy. Would it be fair for me to compare him
0: to Tony Gonzalez?
1: Yeah, I mean, I Tony was a basketball player on grass. I mean, he played. Now, sure. you know, he was a you know all Pac-10 basketball player, and when it was Pac-10 and. But uh, Tony was very nimble too. But you know, it's a good, good one. But uh,
2: would it be fair for me to compare him to LeBron James?
1: Yeah, he's well, LeBron's similar. And <laughs> uh, I, I can just tell you one thing. I wasn't out there long today. I just went over there to see one of my ex-player's sons who's here for a recruiting visit. And uh, number nineteen in your program, number one in your heart.
0: <laughs> good Lord, it's not even fair. <laughs> yeah, I saw him today, Darius Smith. Jesus, <laughs> that kid just. Are you talk- I was talking about Brock Bowers. No, I, was, I was talking about Darius.
1: Well, he's <laughs> good on the other end, but he's got a lot to prove at 19. No, I mean, yeah.
0: Well, the, the, we brought this up last week when the um, I was talking to the NFL coach, and he's you know he's like the NFL head coach, and he's asking me about Stetson. He's asking me about Darnell Washington. It, you know, that was before Darnell did all his stuff, you know, and uh, Nolan had just gone, had blown up. And he said, you know, I'm just now learning who all these guys are because, you know, they come out of the NFL schedule and that they're focused on those teams. But he turns to me and says, uh, or I said, the guy you need to know next year coach is Brock Bowers. He goes, oh, I already know all about him. I checked to see if he could be drafted this year. <laughs> So he was looking at how old. What year is he? So he was all over Brock Bowers and
1: our man, our man Roddy, giving the, giving it down to the head coaches. Now he's big time.
0: Just you happen to run into him if you're in the right place, right time, man. That was just, yeah. but it was funny. Well, the, he, he said, "I don't know he who that's but he, 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 said, I don't know who, he said, "I don't know who
1: that guy is from Dog Nation," but that guy right there is riding the bus.
0: <laughs> but uh, he he knows rivals, so. I uh, Thank God I was wearing a Rivals T-shirt, you know, or a little Rivals polo. But so, Coach, yeah. it sounds
2: like you have Georgia with four
0: guaranteed first
2: or virtually guaranteed first-round picks, and then maybe if Ringo could be five. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's just—I'm trying to be objective but realistic. The way Nolan tested, even though he didn't play it a lot, you got to think he's going uh, Broderick. I mean, people are starving for left tackles. I mean, Orlando Brown today. You know, they didn't franchise him with uh with the uh with the Chiefs, with the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh my daughter was talking to uh Zach Taylor's mother today, and she told him she told her that he was going to uh Cincinnati and Paige wanted to one up me. He said, You know Orlando Brown's going to Cincinnati. Of course I didn't want to tell her that I didn't that I already knew it. I said, <laughs> No, that's great. And she said, so well, I was talking to Julie Taylor, and she said they were really happy to get him, you know, OU tackle and all that. But uh, so, uh, but Orlando Brown, you know, was a good college player. But, you know, he – I mean, when you look at Andrew Thomas and Broderick Jones and some of these guys we're putting out, now Salyer, I mean, those are good players.
0: I remember going to see Orlando Brown back in the day, back in high school, and then – I think I'm fun to see him at GMC too. He's pretty good. Well, let's uh, turn the page a little bit and let's talk about some of the um, uh, guys who were on Georgia's team. We kind of shifted there talking about uh, Brock Bowers and Darryl Smith and some There's 21 newcomers on this football team right now, you know, ton of uh, 18 early enrollees, three transfers. Some other guys, I don't even know who they are. That list uh, that they gave us was uh, loaded with a bunch of new guys and again we're only it's march it's not like we're that far away from you know the championship game in january but you can tell some of these guys and put on some weight put on some muscle it's a good looking football team coach they look they they look legit
1: yeah and you know they they got something to prove just like last year's team had you know they you got to forget about (laughs) i mean it's hard to not remember what they did but i mean uh the confidence level of the guys that were there going against them is good though, because they know that they're competitive enough to hold their own and practice against these guys are getting drafted, that they're going to be the same way against these good teams. So uh, a lot of competition out there and uh, the, the advantage that you have that we've talked about, I'll just reiterate that is the fact that they can spend all this time between fall and end of uh, the championship and now in the classroom and some, some on the field with the guys where they used to couldn't do anything. And the first time you actually had a meeting for spring practice was the first day, you know? So just a heck of a lot of stuff is already installed and the guys look like they know what they're doing so much better because you've got the mental part now, you know, instead of guys going the wrong way and dropping the snap, all those things that just chapped your butt as a coach you know those things aren't happening because they've had a chance to filter through them and develop that kind of uh, uh, fundamental yeah. stuff.
0: There's a chip on their shoulder. We saw that between uh, Gabe Harris and Pierce Spurland already today. So <laughs> those guys are uh, freshmen head headbutting. So there's some guys out there trying to make a name for themselves oh. early on. Uh, we have some clips that uh, Dane put together for us, hearing from uh, some of the players that we spoke to on Tuesday and. Uh, we also have a new offensive coordinator. We got Kirby Smart's thoughts on that. We'll have that real quick. But first, I want to talk about our friends over at uh, Prime Shrimp. Prime Shrimp—it's a company that basically they take uh, fantastic shrimp, they peel it, devein it, dehead it, put it into a clear uh, plastic bag with seasoning, then they freeze it. You order it. You go to PrimeShrimp.com. Use promo code UGA Sports. You get twenty percent off, and then you can—they um, will ship it to your house. You can get the garlic herb or the Louisiana crab boil or the New Orleans uh, barbecue shrimp, French quarter alfredo shrimp. You basically, if if you're watching it, uh, you see the little diagram there where they, you just drop it in boiling water. You take it out of your freezer, drop it in boiling water, four, six, eight minutes, it's done. Take it out, cut the bag open, just like minute rice, and you have perfectly cooked, perfectly seasoned shrimp. Our readers love it. You need to try it. That's all I can tell you. It's the simple thing out there. Also, we have our friends over at uh, Dead Soxy. They make fantastic socks. Again, something our readers have tried. So many of our readers say, look, I won't buy any other socks. They are incredibly comfortable. They stay up. They don't slide down your leg. If you have big fat calves like I do, you're not constantly bending over to pick them up. Uh, they don't have the little seam that, you know, if you've got something on your toe and it bugs you, you won't have that issue. And they're red and black. They're lucky socks. I'm just saying they came on as a sponsor right before Georgia won back-to-back national titles. We said get your lucky socks. People bought lucky socks. Georgia's lost, what, one game, you know, in the regular season last two years? one uh, SEC championship loss, two losses, two years. I'm just saying, damn good socks. So try them out. Again, use promo code UGA Sports and get a discount there when you go to uh, uh, deadsoxy.com.
2: Before we go any further and discuss uh, more of spring football, we do need to give a shout-out to Georgia's women's basketball team playing in the first round of the NCAA tournament tomorrow. That's at 1.30 against Florida State. Uh, Wishing the dogs the best, the first postseason game, NCAA tournament game for Coach Abe. Even if Georgia wins this game, I don't like their chances in the next game with Caitlin Clark in Iowa. If you get a chance to watch her play basketball and her range shooting at Iowa it is kind of can't miss stuff with her at this point either way let's see if georgia can pull the upset and get to the sweet 16
1: and i want to sh- give a shout out to the university of florida for the first time in 40 some years they had both teams basketball men's basketball and college, and their football teams both had a losing record congratulations go gators <laughs>
2: I was curious where that was heading at first. And
1: I was like, this can't be real. This can't be a nice thing. <laughs> like, did Coach lose a bet? <laughs> hey, they put, they, they roll me all the time. So I got to get on them. That's good. To, hey, we're going to talk about that too. We got a big baseball series coming up with uh, South Carolina. And then the tennis women's team had to play today because of the weather. And then they play again uh sunday but the men play tennessee on saturday anybody could come out there even if you're not a tennis fan you'd enjoy it i mean our, t- our team's ranked in the top 10 and it's a big big match uh one o'clock saturday well, I, right to I gotta get out there we don't
0: get to what uh there are no there's no, the team will be practicing on saturday but there is no media availability football so. Yeah, you don't you don't have to. Yeah, the football team is right, so you don't have to. Yeah, you know. uh, Why
1: do you get 19 minutes a day, however? I however mean, How long did you get?
0: Uh 15 minutes. You so Freeze gave Auburn like have a 50 two good minutes. photo galleries up. Uh, we brought them they up. Give you, they give you a number. Give you a numerical roster? Hell no. So I'm trying to figure out who's the number eight, number nine, number, number four. eight G- Agüero, I think. Yeah, see well, that would have helped me. I got – who's number nine on defense? 19 is Bowers, Roddy. Number nine, nine number nine on offense is me. Yeah, I know that, but I need nine on defense and I need uh, eight on defense. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, four. Nope.
1: <laughs>
0: Only thing I know is five is rah-rah and six is – love it. <laughs> so, you see uh, all the freshmen, all the newcomers, they don't have numbers for them. So, that was a bit of a – Trying to pull them out. But, uh, like I said, uh, seeing Dare Smith out there look good. Gabe Harris is a big boy. Samuel and Pimba is a giant. Do uh, you see 44? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, he's the man. Yeah, so uh, Big Jolly, too. Yeah, he's, he's nuts. And then uh, uh, he apparently he went head-to-head with, um, again, they're just in helmets and the shoulder pads. But, no you know, shoulder
1: he, pads. They had spider pads.
0: Yeah. Uh, they throw him right against the uh he was going up against the Marius Mims yesterday. So they, they these freshmen are thrown right to the fire. Gabe Harris was getting dogged today. Uh and he was he was sucking wind early in the practice there. And uh because Chidera Uzo Derebay does not run an easy practice. What's he his year? number? Gabe Harris? Uh 29. Mm-hmm.
2: Are any of the assistant coaches already hoarse from yelling so much? They were yeah. a little bit too far away <laughs> to hear. I mean some coaches are just permanently hoarse. You know, they, they have the Doc Rivers syndrome. Um,
1: but I don't think any of the Georgia guys are that way yet. Well, pretty- I'm, I'm just uh, – I don't know what it's – I don't go out there much, but I never see a lot of yelling out there with our coaches. I mean, a lot of coaching and pointing out stuff. But,
0: uh, you know, Kirby got the microphone. He takes care of that. Yeah, he was telling Pierce Burland, today's the last day in pads – or li- not, not in pads – So, the next time we meet, we're going to be in pads. So, uh, Pierce is going to be able to – and he calls out everybody. He was getting after Smile Monday. He gets after – starter, walk on, doesn't matter who you are. If he – you know, he's going to get you. You got to produce.
2: The one that used to make me laugh the most was hearing Rodney Garner do his coaching because I would bust out laughing. My, like, camera shot would, like, be blurry. He just – he had funny lines and he was about as vulgar as you could be.
1: (laughs) We had a uh, coaches' clinic one time at Oklahoma, and we had this one guy that was a really good coach, but he had a tendency to over dramatize things when the coaches came, you know and uh, Switzer said, "You know, one thing I'd like to have today is you guys coach like you normally do and don't put on a show when these high school coaches are here and everybody turned and looked at the guy and looked, it was bad."
0: You have mentioned about Rodney Garter. I remember one time they're doing the hoop drills. They're running around it. And he just kind of yells out really loud, why must I be like that? Why must I chase the cat? Nothing but the dog in me. Because <laughs> 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 at first you don't know what the hell he's saying. Then you realize, oh, he's singing a song. And, again, they were doing the hoop drills. You know, they have the big hoop on the ground. You have a cat and you have a dog. And the dog's chasing you. You're trying to catch the guy ahead of you. He gets a head start and he was running his guys hard. So that was – I'll never forget that. I, I remember dying. But the guy that should be hoarse, or the guy who you heard a lot, even though he's on the other side of the field, was Will Muschamp. But I've never heard him not be able to yell at people. He, I don't care how much he yells. He will just keep going. He's got that coach voice. Just you know, I hate to see what his vocal cords look like. They tore up. But we do we – do, we can hear from some of the coaches and some of the players. So uh, why don't you tee those up, Dane? Yeah. So first, let's uh,
2: hear about Zion Lowe, the defensive lineman. He was asked about Cedric Van Praan lining up against him, and then what it means for Georgia for Van Praan to be returning.
0: Players, you said is is that guy, um, and he's he's said has been driven to be that guy ever since he stepped on campus, and I I truly and solely believe that because he he's that he's that voice that you want at the center position of your offense. He's, he's the he's the second quarterback. He tells he tells Carson he tells Stetson what we're gonna do.
1: He's the second quarterback coach. Very smart guy. I mean, I'm glad we got him back. I mean, that middle of the line looks good with uh, Truss and Ratledge and him. I mean, those are three veterans, and then Mims there's uh, not a better looking guy on the hoof in the history of Georgia football as far as just complete man.
0: I mean, he's. He's unbelievable, Mims. Unbelievable. And uh, he was towering over guys up there. And you got to feel bad if you're a Chad Lindbergh, you know, if you're a, uh, you know, uh, Cedric Van Pran you're any of those guys. You're like, I'm a big human being. I am a crone ass man. Yeah. And you look over to Marius Mims, you're like, I'm a child.
1: <laughs> Just- yeah, another one that looks good on the hoof is Freeland.
0: Woo. We asked Coach about uh, asked, uh, Coach about him and uh, Austin Blasky and some of those uh, other potential guys to go out there and play that uh, left tackle spot because, you know, a lot of people are penciling on the screen and uh, everyone's going to get a shot at it. But yeah, yeah, Kirby Smart had high praise for Monroe Freeling. Just, uh, yeah. They looked to have hit a home
1: run there as well. You remember last spring when he was talking about michael Williams. And saying, I mean, he, he's not going to say it unless he's – you know, the guys comes in there and knows how to work. Uh, and Green, of course, uh, all of the players have a lot of respect for him. Just uh, that he, And it was smart by him going on and getting that uh, surgery because he's ready to go again instead of having to miss all spring. When I ask about quarterbacks, I
2: always notice Kirby keeps mentioning Gunnar Stockton's in there with, with the looks that he's given.
1: He should. I mean, the guy's a player. I mean, got good feet. A leading passer in the history of, of uh, Georgia High School. I mean, he got, he really benefited from this redshirt year, just like Van de Griff did last year. Uh, we got a good quarterback room there, all three of those guys, good players.
2: Well, Kendall Milton was asked about it, and uh, he was mainly asked about Beck and Van de Griff. This is the second part of his answer, starting with Van de Griff, and he ends talking about Beck as well. The one thing
1: about Brock. Brock, you know, he surprised me a little bit. Those legs, you know, they'll they'll catch you by surprise and Brock can move, but he also has that arm as well. So, you know, I'm excited to see, just go through the spring, go through the fall, just being able to see the guys battle it out. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm comfortable with both of them. At the end of the day, they're both, I've seen them both make big plays. I've seen them both, you know, show that they understand the offense. Little surprise with his wheels. Let me just ask you one question. What do you how much you think Milton weighs? Don't look at your sheet, Roddy. I'm not, I'm looking straight in the camera. Uh 218. General manager. I'll go 225. It sounds like we're getting the on the prices right. <laughs> <laughs> One dollar. You got thrown. Um, yeah, he he, I mean, he, he's a good looking kid. He weighs 220 and uh because I asked him today and and uh, saw him for a minute, 220. I mean, it, it, just look at him right there. He looked like a guy weighs about 180 pounds, you know.
0: Well, I mean, I knew that he was going to be more than what he looked. That's why I went higher.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, yeah, he's, he's all muscle. And the if you go check out the photo gallery at UGSports.com, we've got two of them up from practice today. I put up one of the defense, and uh, uh, Catherine Skeen has one for the offense. The one – the second or third picture of mine is uh, Smile Munda is trying to punch the ball out on Kendall Milton. I mean, not, <laughs> yeah, Kendall. And Kendall's just grinning ear to ear like, <laughs> what are you doing? But as he, you can tell he's happy to be out there. He's healthy. We had a story on him today. You know, this is his time. He's taking over the spotlight. This is a guy who's – he's had three years and he, small injuries, small things that just have not given him the big year that he wants. Now he's a senior. He and Asian Edwards. It's basically his time to have a Kenny McIntosh-style year. You get that one year, you're kind of the guy. Uh, I really expect big things out of him. And I heard he was catching the ball really well the last couple of days. So. He's a player, player. That's the trend at Georgia right now. I mean, you mentioned
2: what Kenny McIntosh did in waiting, but DeAndre Swift had the same scenario where yeah. he was the third guy for a while, and then he got his time to shine.
0: Yeah, James Cook, Zamir White. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, James Cook had that kind of big year, so it's uh, and these. That's what they're telling them when they're being recruited. They're like, "Look, yeah, there are very few guys are saying you can come in and start as a true freshman." You know, they'll, they'll they tell a guy that they kind of mean it. Whereas we see a lot of guys being told that at different schools, and what happens after year one, year two, they're in the transfer portal, They're like they promised this and didn't deliver. Georgia says, "Look, you got a chance to do this, but we've been recruiting really well." you can come learn behind these guys and then get your shots. And uh, that's what Kenny McIntosh actually said at the NFL combine. He's like, look, I I waited, but I knew that going in, you know, because he mentioned all the guys that were on the team when he arrived. And he said, you know, they had some great backs there. And, yeah, I was a little impatient, but it paid off. And he had his big year, and, you know, now he's had a great pro day as well.
2: You're supposed to name drop again and say you talked to an NFL coach last week that talked about James Cook being around right. the NFL and being a Georgia guy. And mm-hmm. then talked about uh I mean you talked about Zamir White being up there. You start looking around the pros right now though and you just start seeing like all these different Georgia players that are featured at running back. And coach I look at the roster at Georgia and I say, even if you go beyond the scholarship guys, a guy like Cash Jones would play in a ton of places across
1: America. Yeah, and he special teams ace too, I mean, he he's back out there already. I mean, off of you know he I think he broke his ankle. I'm not sure exactly. I don't think he had surgery on the knee or anything, but he's back out there. I mean, that guy is fast and he's tough, and uh, he's a good player. I'll take Savon
0: Clark too. Oh yeah, (laughs) take him anywhere in the country. Let's go, Savon.
2: Well, the decisions on these offensive personnel things are going to come down to Kirby Smart and Mike Bobo, and of course, Kirby Smart was asked, "Why did you?" promote Mike Bobo to offensive coordinator. And he cited uh, cohesion with the team, continuity. And I actually thought he had a pretty good reason that a lot of people didn't consider beforehand in this discussion. Kirby was ready for this one. And I thought it was important to keep that dynamic in the room set because we weren't losing multiple coaches. Um, I think Mike has grown a lot since he went out to Colorado State from the time he spent here. Uh, You know, I went against him at South Carolina. I went against him at Auburn, which gave me ultimate confidence that he would get this job done you know, we played them with probably the most talented defense that I've been a part of. And they went on a 16 play drive, uh, there at Auburn against us in the opening drive of the game and just got a lot of confidence in his leadership skills and, and what he'll be able to do offensively.
1: Good point. And then, uh, you know, they came with them the Nats but that's ass kicking, uh, Alabama that year. Uh, the one year Mike was the coordinator and good scheme on them all day. And, uh, Cadillac-Williams hadn't run out of bounds, they probably would have won that game. But, uh, you know, I think uh, it's it always – Thank you, Thank you. Yeah, Cadillac was coaching them to run out of bounds. Um, <laughs> my bad. But the, the thing that's unbelievable about all this is uh, there's always going to be more questions about coaches and things like that than anything around Athens. I mean, that's just the way – but if you just look at, at Kirby's – uh track record right now personnel wise been awesome what he's been able to the people he's brought in here to supplement the coaches that have left i mean one after another i mean offensive line you, we needed a guy right away You got Matt Luke and then Matt decided to retire and he got Stacy who blended in he'd already had some and he uh, got Mustchamp to come up after being a SEC head coach for 7 years in the Eastern Division and uh, he continues to do, do do that. And he's going to do the same thing with some analysts that he's getting ready to bring in here that they'll probably announce pretty soon. So, I mean, he, he knows personnel, uh, what needs to happen with the team uh, and uh, talking to recruits that uh, occasionally like I do or see them. Uh, the one thing that is overwhelming is, is the depth of personnel that, take care of the kids here whether it's nutrition strength and conditioning academic which is number one just the whole process there we got five star people in those roles and uh, th- that helps create a morale base if a guy's happy going to class and what he's eating and equipment he's wearing and the treatment he's getting in the training room and those are all things that are, no, are not negatives you know uh, and it's hard enough to win your job as a football player if you're not happy in the other areas. It's very difficult. So uh, we got really good staff here.
0: I thought that his you know, when he was talking about Mike Bobo, he mentioned you know he's not the same guy that he was when he was here. He's been a head coach. He's coach. You know he's been a coordinator at two SEC teams, and it's uh, it's funny. And any other business, if you work at a place, then you leave and come back you're usually thought of uh, they're given credit for having expanded your talent, you know, your skill base by going somewhere else and coaching in a, or, you know, learning a different, even if it's a different branch within the same company, you know, you were in, you did it in a different town with different dynamics. And I think a lot of people are not are given Mike Bobo a short shrift. And I've, when I look at what a lot of the fans love about Kirby is the way he loves his team, the way he loves this program. This is where he went to school. He fights for Georgia. That damn, that's, that's Mike Bobo too. So I'm just gonna say that Mike Bobo is going to give you his all to win on, on Saturday plus recruiting and developing and, you know, game planning. Cause who would, who wants to win more than Mike Bobo for Georgia? Nobody. So so yeah, I thought I, thought I, I may point, not get along, but I respect him.
1: <laughs> I thought another point Kirby brought out was the cohesiveness of the staff. The fact that uh, the history that that staff has together with uh, Coach Mack and Searles and Hartley have all been with Bobo in previous stints. So that's a good point. Uh, huh? That they know the intricacies of this offense through mucking, but also what they've anything that he might want to add, they've already worked. And then, of course, Coach McGee has been around here. And, and his his involvement in the overall program cannot be uh, shortchanged. I mean, this guy is a dynamo as far as uh, the way that these players look up to him for counsel. Uh, I'm talking about not just the backs, everybody. I mean, he is a very highly respected guy that that, that these that, – The players know it's going to be hard on them, but at the same time, he's going to have their best interest, and uh, he's just a a really good uh, mentor for a lot of guys that he doesn't specifically coach. But uh, I just hope I hate. I know he's going to probably become a head coach here, but and I would never begrudge him that. I just hope he can keep on trucking like it is, because it's pretty impressive the way he he has the, the the. kind of the character of the you know, he know he's he got a good feel for the team.
0: Yeah. Very
1: absolutely. good feel for what needs to be, you know, and Kirby relies on that because Kirby can't be around every kid as much as some of the assistant coaches. And, you know, you have no idea the draw that a coach has. I'll just point it out like today. uh There's alums there that want to see him. There's recruits there that want to get their picture made. There's press there, you know. uh, There's bastards. uh, Well, you got to make something of it. But And then you got special teams meeting he's got to go to to set that up. And then, I mean, he gets – I'm sure he gets paid and all that, but, I mean, there's a lot of people just drawing on him there, you know, and uh, he he just does a really good job of – moving around and taking care of what he needs to and, uh, making, making sure that all the things happen, but there, there's a lot of things that go on, uh, you know, like a CEO of a company, uh, has to be involved in so many things, but, uh, Kirby is more hands-on coach as a head coach than most guys that, that I would go out and watch when I did TV and all. And, uh, as we've said many times, he's one of the few guys that can uh, do uh, – coach every position. Though. He's got that ability. I, I mean, I think I could coach most of um, offensive line. Maybe I wouldn't do as good. But uh, he, could, he could coach them all, plus the special teams too. Do you all realize that this
2: is Kirby's eighth season as George's head coach? I mean, that just – that was a big number when I saw that the other day.
0: Yeah, time flies, man. And then, coach, to your point, uh, I think when you're talking about Del McGee and the stuff that he can help get off Kirby's plate, that's pretty big. So, uh, take I want to take a quick break here. You're talking about mentors and how Del McGee can be a mentor. I want to mention our uh, friends over at uh, My Perfect Franchise. If you're looking for a mentor to help you in you know change your career, generate a new revenue stream for you, give you uh, direction, get you out of the rat race. Out of your you know uh, punch clock you know job and into something where you are the boss where you control your destiny. Reach out to Andy Ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net. There are three thousand different franchises out there. He will guide you to something within your price point, within your time uh, constraints, within your goals. You know what you want to do in your life. It doesn't cost you anything. You can reach out to him. Phone, text, email. Smoke signal, whatever you want to do, uh, he will get in touch with you and he will help you out. He's already helped out a lot of folks at UJsports.com to uh, become their own bosses. So a lot of our readers have reached out to him and they rave about the results. They get with Andy Ludecki and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Reach out to him as soon as you can. Also, I want to mention our friends over at Academic Brewing Company. I know that Matt Casey is taking a well-deserved vacation. uh this, but while he's gone, they are still coming up with fantastic beers, fantastic food. The party over there does not stop. Tomorrow is uh, St. Patrick's Day, I believe. You got to check out all the cool drinks they're going to have, all the dinner specials they're going to have over at Academia Brewing Company. There's always something going on over there, especially as the weather's getting warmer. In the last few days, it's been cold, but once you know you start getting into the latter part of March, you know, in the uh, early parts of May. That beer garden they have outside is going to be a phenomenal place for you to enjoy some of their fantastic beers and great food. So, check out Academic Brewing Company today on the east side of It's going to be west side of town. You'll absolutely love it.
2: You can buy their beer all over, though. You can get that on the east side of town, too, at a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. So, buy that in stores where you can. Let's uh, move over to some questions from our members over at Sports.com. and uh, Coach Biscuit Salad on Biscuit board.
1: Salad. All right. Mm-hmm.
2: That's my kind of salad there. Wants to know, uh, what role do you see Smoke Bowie filling for Georgia?
1: Good question. Well, you know, he comes in with some experience uh, playing in the league, and he uh, played at Tech for the fans that don't know, but I'm sure most of them do. He was at Texas A&M, and, you know, he was a a guy that came out of high school, Kirby's High School down there. And uh, so he knows a lot about it. I can see him playing multiple positions. Start, you know, probably start him at corner. He always plays corner first if he can, and he could play nickel and play uh, maybe some safety. But uh, he should did. should be big on special teams. And all. he's a tough kid. So uh, we've got some good young corners to uh, challenge for that position that uh, we lost with Ringo. Uh,
2: more questions on Mike Bobo. This is from Big Old Dog, which I guess if you have biscuit salads, that makes you a big old dog eventually. If you were Coach Bobo, what twist or wrinkles would you add to the successful offense that Coach Munkin ran the last two years?
1: I would put in a slow screen to settle the rut. i put more action with the quarterback. Uh, on quarterback control runs, I would have uh, a little bit less uh, formation-wise uh, plate right now, just really concentrate on uh, on the, our 12 personnel and then split it out maybe a little bit more, 11. And uh, I would really hit hard on the different ways to run the inside and outside zone like we have and maybe a few counters.
2: Counters seem to work.
1: I like that, Coach. That's
2: exactly the answer that I was going to give, but you gave it before. I yeah.
0: Played, so. Way to give us a chance to answer, Coach. Yeah. Uh, it's not like
1: I didn't tell him that, too, so here we go. <laughs> no, I didn't tell him. If he asked me, I would. Yeah, I am about to say, if, he, if, he, if he's smart, he'll ask you. I he just like, I've always liked, and everybody gets me about the tunnel screen. Of course, we ran that because of Champ Bailey. We could have run any case just to get him the ball. He didn't have to learn a lot. But a slow screen is where the linemen set back 1001, 1002, like they're pass blocking. And then the, the, the widest tackle cuts his guy, and then the guard center come out in what we call the stove pipe. They make a stove pipe out there, and the, the guard blocks the first support, and the center t- turns up in the alley. And it's just the, the, the guard, uh, the, the back times it up with the guard and just stays right with him and doesn't leave till the guard leaves. And then you, you throw the screen to him, and it helps you protection. Uh, I could see with Vandergriff and with gunner maybe some predetermined quarterback runs, and Beck can run those too. but you know like uh we saw no uh, no we l anthony Richardson uh running the counter the quarterback counter like we run the counter, pull the guard and tackle but uh into the boundary off of trips to the field where he he just killed people with the quarterback counter in the boundary and uh, I think would be really good with that too. Sticking with quarterbacks, Billy Zane, I have a
2: child, Asked, do you think the staff will come out of spring with a good idea of who the starting quarterback will be this season? He says, publicly, I doubt they would ever say so. But even behind the scenes, do you think that they'll have a good idea who that would be?
1: I think a couple of things there. It's a good question by Billy. Uh, first of all, there could be if somebody really asserts himself and the, and the other two just don't do anything, and then that's going to be very hard. To, to go into fall camp thinking that those other two are going to be able to do something. But if, if all three of them or two of them really do well uh, throughout the spring, then you got to go into fall preparing both of them, not only because find out which one of them can do the best, but also because of injury. But there's a real uh, competitive situation there. The first-team guy is going against the first-team defense all the time. And a second team guy is going against the second team defense. So a lot of times he doesn't have as good a protection, or he might have better protection against the twos than the one guy does going one against one. So you got to balance in, giving the reps maybe a little few more reps to the between the two of them. But as far as the answer, if somebody really separates, then I could say doing it, but it's hard to do that in 15 days of practice particularly no more scrimmage than we're having, and particularly the fact that these both of these guys and even Gunner are so good that they both bring a lot to the table and it's not going to be one little thing. It's going to be how the team plays around them, uh, how good our defense is. All those things come into account t- because uh, you know you got to look at what can the quarterback do. Uh, I think the game's going to change dramatically with this timing deal. If you get behind somebody, it's going to be hard to catch up if you're down, which is probably not going to happen with us. But you get down two touchdowns and the clock's not stopping for first downs, and, and, and you know all of a sudden uh, the team's really running that clock. I mean, you you're going to have a hard time coming back. So uh, you better have a quarterback that's going to take care of the football, is going to do a good job decision making. I remember Kirby talking about what it was it about Stetson that he felt like he really improved on decision-making, you know, and I, and I watch these high school games, uh, a, a high school coach puts his job on a line on Friday night based on a 16, 17, 18 year old kid, how he's going to make decisions out there when the band's playing the same thing's true with college quarterbacks. Uh, not so much what you do, what you should do, right. But what you
0: don't do wrong. I mean, that there, those are killers. I want to, I'll, defend Kirby here for one second because he always drives me crazy when he's got an injured player and guy's got a broken ankle and he's like, Oh, he's he's day to day, you know, or he could have gone back in. I'm like, he was missing his head. He couldn't have gone back in, but you know, so sometimes Kirby does coach speak, but he's been asked a lot of time a lot of questions about the quarterback situation. I don't think he's giving us coach speak because he's asked specifically, will you name one? He's like, I just don't think we have enough practice time to name one. Well, We'll learn a lot more in the 23 practices prior to a game. And he mentioned exactly what you did, Coach. You know, there's only so many times I get to put pads on. Of course, you're never hitting a quarterback, but you're still going live. You know, your whole team, you got two scrimmages that, you know, and plus G Day just doesn't have enough time. And he's also asked, you know, people are trying to, that's our job is to kind of dig, you know, what about this quarterback versus that quarterback? And he said, look, we got three really good quarterbacks. And I, he, told us his conversation with Todd Munkin and Todd Munkin's like, you got three really good quarterbacks. So yeah. as much as I give Kirby shit about the fact that he uses the language uh, coach speaks sometimes, I think he's being honest with us when he talks about this quarterback situation right. saying we don't have enough time in these practices to really lock in on one guy. And he was asked point blank would in a perfect world, what would you like? He's like, I like my quarterback to be the starter from last year. You know, a guy who's had a year of experience and, We don't we don't we don't have that, but we got three good guys. So we all want the answer, but they don't have.
1: The other thing that that the fans need to take into account is between the end of spring practice and the the first of practice in August, uh, volumes and volumes of seven on seven of meeting time with coaches, getting more familiar with Coach Bobo and whoever the analysts are that they're helping to. I I think it's just. uh, you could probably stick a fork in one of those quarterbacks right away. If you all of a sudden you name a guy, uh, but he, he probably should have one stuck in him if he doesn't do good enough to, to win the job in the spring. But I don't think that probably, these two guys are just so good. Both of them that, that they both deserve a chance and whoever's quarterback is going to be, is going to be good because of the supporting cast. I mean, we got some players out there. I mean, uh, Some difference makers. I mean, really good players. I mean,
2: coach, I want to go down the further down the depth chart here for this question. Last year, Kirby Smart raved about the looks that the scout team and players did too, that the scout team gave the first team offense and defense. And Gunnar Stockton was that scout team quarterback majority at the time. Now that he's quarterback number three or or maybe he goes up further than that, whatever, you have those three at quarterback. Is this just a walk-on at the Sioux Scout team at this point?
1: Well, you got Muschamp out there who's pretty good. I mean, he's, he's a very serviceable guy. He knows the offense, and he can do a lot of things. And, of course, you're running them off the cards. And they'll probably bring in a walk-on quarterback too, probably just from an arm standpoint because – you're not only th- run, running scout team 11 on 11, but before that, you would got guys throwing routes against the defense routes against the uh, linebackers. I mean, you know, your arm will fall off if of one guys just throwing that inordinate amount of passes. So it takes a lot of people to get your defense ready. And then offensively, you got to have some people over there on defense to, you know, Kirby made the point about how good bear bear Alexander did on the scout team. And then, You know, and then he started getting more work. And uh, as as I was talking to this recruit that I talked to a few times, um, everywhere people come in, you you see guys. But uh, the thing that Georgia does that I think that most schools don't is they let the threes take some time when ones and twos are resting. And they really look at these guys. And it might take a little bit away from – your preparation for the other team, but, uh, and it's a little easier to do it when you're playing Vanderbilt or South Carolina or somebody like that instead of Alabama. But, uh, those threes really get a lot better now coming into spring practice for all the work they've had, even if it's 12 plays a week, they've gotten those and the coaches know about what to work on with those guys, you know, uh, uh, really impressive uh, the fact that they they give a little bit as I say Rob and Peter to pay Paul really seriously they that's what they do and these guys are ready and uh, I had another uh, family tell me that you know they came in here for a visit and uh, they were just amazed that when they sat down in a meeting with the position coach that the coach had all of their high school – all his kids' high school tape and had it broken down and showed the kid what he felt like he needed to work on. Now, I know we got a lot of people that do stuff that help and all, but that had to be impressive. I mean, all of a sudden, instead of just a highlight film of, that the coach has and all, I mean, he requested all his games, broke it down, and showed that
0: kid what he thought he needed to work on now. I suspect awesome. We we see that a lot when we talk to recruits when they talk about their visit. There were a bunch of recruits in town today. There'll be a lot more this weekend. It's going to be a huge weekend. If you missed Monday's uh, rumors versus facts show on this YouTube channel, you need to go check it out because they talk about a bunch of guys. Hell, they had the two five-star wide receivers in last weekend. One's committed to Ohio State and Jeremiah Smith. You know, George is working on him and JoJo Trader. So. Uh, recruiting is always nonstop, and we see that in spring. Uh, something you need to do tonight because it's the last day of it is you need to go to your pie right now. Check out uh, all the great stuff they have at your pie. Order your pizza for tomorrow or later on, uh, you know, for over the weekend. It's the last day of their 3.14 pie day celebration. So the 14th of March was a couple of days ago. Today's the 16th. They do it for the 14th, 15th, and 16th. You get three dollars and 14 cents off of your order. Again, these aren't expensive pizzas, so you're getting it, you know, almost half off. So order your pizza online. Use the EuroPie app. Get the, your pizza. Get your the you know design it. or get your sandwich or uh, get your takeout order for tomorrow's lunch or Saturday's lunch. But go ahead and order it now. Pay for it on the app. Get the points. And get that discount at Europie.com. Check them out when you get the chance. Also, want to mention our friends over at uh, Athens Ford. They're a huge sponsor of our show. Uh, they have a lot of used vehicles in stock. They have a lot of new vehicles in stock. During the worst parts of COVID, they were down to like 200. Sometimes they could have up to 1,000 vehicles on their lot. We've seen that in the past. Right now, they're about 360 on there. Um, they got uh, Raptors. Mustangs, Broncos, Expeditions—you name it, they got it. Plus, a lot of uh, other vehicles, you know, from uh, that have been traded in. Uh, the point is, when you talk, when you look at all the stuff they have, be sure that you're getting a new car or a used car that has their lifetime powertrain warranty on it, because just about everything over there does have that. But you're not going to get that at any other dealership in the in the area. So, if you want to have peace of mind when you purchase a rather large asset check out our friends at Athens Ford and get the lifetime powertrain warranty on those vehicles hit them up when you can
2: let's sneak in a few more questions before we wrap uh, go dogs 1371 says coach which position is the most deceiving regarding forecasting a young player's ability which position's trickiest Ooh, that's a good question oh punter <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, place kicker is tough, uh, just the pressure part of it. But you know, he's talking about offense or defense. Uh, you, you just have to say quarterback because you just don't know how a guys are going to react coming in, and uh, with all the different things they got to do to be a quarterback. So, uh, I tell you what the what the you know what the real definition of an optimist is. I just watched this guy about an hour ago from Oral Roberts playing Duke, and they were down 18 in the first half, and they interviewed him over there in between on you know, a timeout, and the only thing he said is, we're going to be okay. They <laughs> just got beat by 24, but I thought it was pretty good. So, uh, that's what you – I mean, of all the things you're going to say, we're going to be okay. I guess he figured Oral Roberts is going to come in there and pray for him or something. I don't know <laughs> Uh, Jerry Dogs fan says that Nick Saban will be the
2: first to complain about the clock not stopping.
1: Yeah, Nick Nick didn't like the new schedule, but uh, hey, but uh, I think they got you know had to do something to speed the game up. I'm just telling you, it's going to be hard for teams to come back. It's I mean you know because you know you talk about running the clock out. It's easy to do a lot easier if it's not ever I mean, you're going to have to use the timeouts to stop it uh, if you want to get the ball back or you just get them off the field, but it's going to be a different, different deal there. Howard Eubanks asks, uh, who becomes the
2: receiving running back taking take McIntosh's place? Would it be Andrew Paul when he's healthy?
1: I think Paul really brings a lot to the table. I said that last week, but, uh, you know, Milton's really got good ball skills. So does Edwards has, uh, has gotten better. You know, he's played so much as just a, a scat back running back, but, uh, and all these guys get good coaching there. They do a lot of ball drills, uh, ball machine. They work on their hands, their routes. Uh, this this is the best place around to teach you how to be a pro back because you got to go against linebackers like Nicobe Dean and uh, Roquan Smith. I mean, that's the kind of guys you're playing against in the NFL. So uh, you, you better be able to run a route. You just can't say go out there and run a – uh, JoJo route, you got to show them how to do it. Do, do a two-step move. Use your head. Get your head around first. You know, a lot of guys don't realize that to catch the ball, the first thing you got to do is locate it and know where the quarterback's launching it. You know, you, all of a sudden you look up and quarterback's rolling out and you think he's right there where he's under center. There's a lot of things to take in mind about catching the ball besides just saying, you know, good hands. You got to be able to have the nuances of it.
2: Final question of the night, and this is one that is prefaced as a joke. It's from Christy. This is a little cheeky. She says, will Bobo end up running the damn
1: ball? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I hope that he doesn't have to run it, but uh, 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 I think uh, nothing wrong with running the ball as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you just got to have a balanced attack, and the way college football is now, based on the multiple defenses people run and the different looks you get, you got to take what they give you. And uh, so there'll be games where we run the ball, where people think we should be throwing and vice versa. But uh, I think we'll have a very explosive offense.
0: I mean, uh, I don't think we're going to miss a beat there. I'm just thinking whoever you have a quarterback, he can turn around. And uh, like, I thought it was a good question. Who's the the receiving running back? I mean, Kendall Milton can catch. Dejon Edwards can catch. Andrew Paul, who's being held out this spring. We won't get to see him a whole lot. He, he's going to do some stuff, but he'll be kind of new to it. Heck, even uh, Robinson actually caught a pass or two. He can catch. And
1: uh, this new
0: guy, uh, Zero, he can catch it too. Yeah, so you got that. Then you look over there, you got number 19. You got big Brock Bowers to throw to. You got Ladd McConkey on the side. Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint as a possibility. We saw Ra-Ra Thomas today. Dominic Lovett, one of the most – you know, prolific guys in the SEC last uh, year. Like, okay, uh, yeah, tight ends, wide receiver, four. Yeah, I mentioned Lad. Uh, oh, Arian Smith. The last thing we saw at practice today, as we're walking out, you know, they're shooing us, come on, let's go, let's go. Arian Smith blew by number four, whoever number four is, and looked back over his shoulder and laughed at him because they they were just going into eleven on eleven. And Aaron Smith, one of the fastest guys in college football, not just at Georgia, in college football in general, blew past him and was TV sport he <laughs> scored. He so. scored. And then he's, he's one of hey, the fastest yeah. guys. Yeah, <laughs> Boy, yeah. 10 1, 6 uh, Yeah, about four.
1: Oscar Delp brings you a guy that's really matured last year, had a lot of practice time yeah. in the spring, and now did well in the fall. Mm-hmm. Delp and Lucky, I'm just telling you, both of those guys would – any place in the country would be playing number one tight end. I, I think you got Brock out there, but I, I'm really fired up about both those guys. And then Sperling too. I mean, just yeah. uh, Hartley just keeps bringing a man. He keeps keeps on. I don't know what's going to happen with Deuce Robinson, but, uh, but, you know, just talk about our offensive line is just physical looking and can make things happen. And, and the thing that I always look for early on, with any offense as an offensive coach more than defense is how do you look, how do you present yourself coming out of the huddle, lining up at the line of scrimmage? Do you have good splits? Do you, have, do you get, do you line up perfectly like you're supposed to? Because you should, you don't have to do, the defense doesn't make you do anything there. So she'd always have a perfect stance. You should line up uh, 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 in line with the football and you should know what your assignment is, and then it becomes football. But, you know, if you come out of there and you everybody's looking around, what's the play on? Who's supposed to – you're looking at the Grantham calls there where everybody's holding their hands up in there because they don't know what to do uh, on defense. Offensively, you got to look like you, – you know, we used to practice the quarterback in quarterback camps, showing them how to come out of the huddle. Like you, like you look like Tom Brady walking up to the line, looking around. And the other team – Sees it, hey, this guy looks like a quarterback. As compared to somebody walking in line with her head down and and saying their snap count like they're afraid of it or something, you know. And I just think that we do a great job of making our kids uh, not lose, yeah, not being offside, uh, stupid penalties. Uh, you know, we 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 do a good job on that on the, with a multitude of motion that we have and the shifts. You, you, I don't think anybody on this site could say, write a note to Roddy or Dane and look like our team
0: ever looks like they don't know what they're doing. I just well, don't see that. Well, what I said earlier in the show, I've said the, the way this team looks, and I will, don't I, I want to echo what you said uh, about that when they come out of the huddle. I've been doing – this will be my 30th year covering UGA football. I started in 93, and there have been years when they come out of the huddle you know, lining up against an Alabama or Florida team, they, they were beat. They were already beat before they got there. But when these guys spin around, and it's, you know, Warren McClendon, uh, Broderick Jones, Cedric Van Pran, Truss, you know, Tate Ratledge, they turn around. It's just this wall of humanity and they march up almost like a damn drill team. You know, they look like you see these guys when they drill, it's that precision and that uh, confidence when they walk up to the line. Then you got the tight ends over there in your head, you're a little bit like these guys know what the hell they're doing. Now they're two-time champs. So in your head, there's that, there's always that intimidation factor. Alabama had it for years, you know, Clemson had it there for a little while. Ohio state's had it. Oklahoma's had it, you know, some of the, the big teams, you know, when they're, when you know they're going to be really good, Georgia has that now. And it's not, it's not just the size of these guys. It's the way they carry themselves knowing that, you know, we've got confidence across the board and you know, you, you're playing from behind even though the score is zero-zero, because the way as you mentioned it coach the way they come out of the huddle the way the defense is flying around the defense is constantly confused you know i mean a guy might be out of place you might beat him on a deep ball or something but it's not over and over and over again and this is not something i've seen in my 30 years of covering ball the last two years last three years this is this is a different era so Hey, the Auburn good Tigers men's
2: basketball team just closed out Iowa, so that is and 4-0 to start out for the SEC. Alabama through, Missouri through, Arkansas through, and now Auburn
1: through with uh, Tennessee and Texas A&M on deck. How about Virginia Wahoos go down again in the first round? I mean, good thing they won the national championship in 2019. Arizona down, too. I mean.
0: Go Princeton!
1: Herman <laughs> Furman, purple paladins.
2: <laughs> I couldn't believe that the Virginia guy just threw the ball. I mean, I guess he thought the time might expire, but he didn't throw it he as far as he thought he it
0: did. Even then, it was
2: going
1: to be backcourt, wasn't it? Let me ask you this. Do you know who the guy from uh, Furman that scored 100 points against Newberry was?
0: I have no idea anything you just said. This should have been a, one of <laughs> Dane's cheating uh, trivia contests. Frank well, that's Selby.
1: why I'm the host, and not not true. Frank Selby. Frank Selvey, and you know who the other guy to score 100 points in a college game? Everybody knows about Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100 points in Hershey, Pennsylvania, in that game when they beat. But you know the other person score 100 points? I did not played, and it's not Rio. They call it Rio. Who played for Rio Grand up there in Ohio and the West Virginia Ohio League? His name was Bevo Francis. So Frank Selvy and Bevo Francis scored 100 points in the game.
0: Jeez.
2: Most teams never do that in a season. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's,
2: that's absolutely Yeah, good. that's
1: pretty bad. i got to come up with some trivia here. but
0: uh, I, I can bring back the I'll game you, next week uh, if you want.
1: I'll just tell you. I've about,
0: heard you bring back, back jokes instead of that game. I keep getting my ass kicked in that game. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like
1: that uh, this is – we just got to keep you know pinching yourself It's kind of golden age of football around here I mean so many good things I mean it's terrible tragedy just that we had it really kind of brings you back to earth but uh boy just uh, very thankful for what we got in our football program right now just man yes sir.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for this week's show. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. We want to give a big shout out to all our sponsors. Please hit them up and uh, give uh, use the promo code UGA Sports. And most of them, it uh, helps us out, and we appreciate you supporting those who support us. Tune in next Tuesday uh, at noon. What, what about
1: how do these people? I mean, about the how do our fans like the night show? What do they say?
0: Yeah, let us know in the comments if you'd like the show at in the in the evening or versus the after versus Tuesday at noon. Let's make sure that Kirby's not doing another press conference at noon next Tuesday. Yeah, we don't want to compete with the man. Yeah, we no, don't like competing with that. Uh, also, be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we're on TikTok. We had almost TikTok. We're on we're on TikTok. We had uh, when I was up at the uh, combine, we had almost a million views on our TikTok videos. But we're also wow. doing Facebook Reels. YouTube Shorts, uh, it's uh, – you can find – in other words, if you don't want to watch the entire Kirby Smart uh, press conference, you can just go to TikTok and find the, the the quick hitters. Same with Instagram, follow us on Instagram, and you can ch- you see the uh, – Big time, man, you're big time. I mean, I do, interviewing
1: do. these got pro coaches and uh, – I I I used to know you when you had holes in your shoes, man. You- I still have
0: holes in my shoes. That's why I need people to, to follow us on TikTok.
1: I mean, you you right. can
2: see us on all those platforms, or Roddy may just drive over to your house and talk to you, if that's what you
0: do. Yeah. Hey, yeah. If you want us to come speak to your Bulldog Club, <laughs> we'll do that too. So hit us up when you get a chance, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next Tuesday, depending on what Kirby Smart decides to do with his press conference. If not, we'll try to do a night show. Uh, for Dane and Coach Donna and I ride the Bullseed, we will see you next week.